At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. What we've been talking about is a thankful life. Mm. A thankful life. A thankful life, being so grateful and thankful in our lives. Today, I, I, I want to talk to you about thankfulness from your vantage point, from where you're at, where you're seeing things today. I want to I talk about being grateful because the opposite of being thankful and grateful is unthankful and ungrateful. And uh, one is motivated in a positive way, the other is motivated in a negative way. And uh, I'm going to read you a pretty long story in the Bible, but you know how long stories are, and I'm, I'm good at reading long stories, and I can read them real fast. But I'm going to read you in a moment after I read my foundational verses from the last couple of weeks. I'm going to read you a long story but it's a really, really long story, and I've shortened it about half. <clears throat> but you'll like it. But remember, we're talking about, if I'm talking about myself, I want, I want to understand my vantage point. I, I want to understand how I observe life. I want to understand that because I've had to learn to understand it, and I've had to make major changes in my life about how I observe the way I view life. And the more you understand that from your perspective, and you're open and honest, and, and you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He will exalt you, build you, strengthen you, raise you to heights you like you've never been in your whole life, ever. And that's what I want for you. I, I, want, I want us to see things like that. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, as we've read the last couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. Um, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says pretty much the same thing. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. We talked about that in one of the messages, how that we're kind of like a can of air freshener, and it either smells like roses or it smells like sweat, right? You either have a good fragrance that you're releasing in people's lives or you got a stinky fragrance. And, you know, in the areas where you kind of stink, you just change it. The Word of God will make you fresh and smell good. It'll make you smell good. It, it'll create a fragrance that you're releasing in your life because of your attitude. You've never, you've never met a grateful, thankful person that is frowning all the time. Bless the Lord. You, it doesn't, they don't fit. They don't go together. Huh? Uh, I mean, there's times you've got to brighten up and fake it till you make it. You know, some people, well, I'll never do that. Well, okay, be whatever you want. But the more you practice brightening up, the more brighter you'll be. So what you practice determines the outcome of your life, depending on what you practice. Can you say amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, those are two verses, 
and in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. In everything, not for everything, but in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will, if you don't know the will of God, I'm giving it to you today. You don't know the will of God for your life, I'm giving it to you today. Give thanks in all things. Not for all things, but in the midst of things that you could not be thankful for, you got to practice giving Him thanks. Can you say amen? Colossians 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. I'll read that again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. I was talking to somebody this week and... Um, not, not from here, somebody from somewhere else, and, and they, were, they, they were saying, they were asking me this question. I said, so, so what do you think about the future, like the things that are going, everything that's going on? And I said, well, uh, everything the Word says. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but all the, uh, the other things, like did you hear this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that? And I said, no, I, did, I didn't hear it. I said, you, you, didn't, you weren't listening to the news? I said, no. You don't listen to the news? No. Why don't you listen to the news? Because I'm done with it. I said, somewhere in, during COVID, I got done with it. So, we, so you don't listen to anything? I said, well, I watch, I read headlines, and then I have friends. You know, like you. Huh? I, 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 I don't need to watch the news because you're telling me about all this stuff that's going on, right? So I'm keeping abreast of it, but I'm not listening to it every day, 24-7. I'm listening to God. And they said, so you mean if I'm not going to listen to that kind of stuff, then, then you know, and, and I'm unaware and I don't know what's going on. I said, no, 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 no. Holy Spirit will make you aware and he'll give you. And I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm not, I'm not living with my head in the sand and not being aware, but I'm not listening to it all the time. I'm not, I don't have it on playing in my house. I don't go to bed listening to the news telling me all these negative kind of things. I don't do it. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not allowing myself to do that. I go to sleep listening to the Word of God. I'm listening to the promises of God. Can you say amen? He said, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. That's one of the reasons we need to be hearing the Word, because it will change the way we think, but then we can encourage other people the same way. Like that person that called me, when they got off the phone, they, or when, they, when I quit talking to them, uh, they were encouraged because they were hearing something different than what they're spending too much time listening to. This is the way it works. And then it says, uh, and whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ doing what? Moaning, groaning, and complaining to God the Father through Him. No. Giving thanks from your heart. And if you don't practice giving thanks, it'll never get to your heart. Can you say amen to that? It'll never get to your heart. So, I'm asking you the question today, how are you viewing life from a negative perspective? from a positive perspective. You've got to be honest with yourself. Nobody can judge that for you like you can. Can you say amen? I'll ask you that question again. How are you viewing life? For always negative 
are always positive or half and half, okay? If you're half positive, half negative, that's better than all negative, right? So let's get, throw, let's get some more positive in there where some of the negative is concerned, right? In the way you're viewing life, the things that you're up against, the things you deal with on a day-to-day battle, on a day-to-day basis. When you see a battle, you see victory when you're thankful for the promises of God. I'm going to say it again. When you see a battle that you're going to face, you'll see victory when your vantage point is through the Word of God. You're seeing through the Word. You're seeing through the promises of God. Because there's a promise in the Word for everything you face, and there'll always be an answer to anything you face through His promises. There's endless amounts of promises in the Word of God. There's endless numbers of promises in the Word of God. They they never stop, and one promise can, can answer a hundred different issues. So there's an answer through the promise, and when you see a battle, and you've been listening to the Word of God, and you've been meditating on the promises, and you've been declaring things on a day-to-day basis, and His revelation and understanding and thankfulness is getting down in your heart, then you're able to see victory in every battle that you face. Doesn't matter what it is. Hey, it's not easy. If it's easy, everybody do it. Right? Make an MLM out of everything attached to victory. Right? And, and, and make money off of it. <laughs> I promise you, you'll make money off of being positive. It, you, it, you, you'll gravitate towards success in your life. You'll gravitate towards success when you view life from a positive perspective because everybody else looks at it from a negative. Well, you know, you just never know. Gosh, I hate that statement. Man, you just never know. Yeah. <laughs> I got the one that knows everything about everything living inside of me, and I'm going to say, you just never know? If I don't know, I get to ask. If you don't have, the Bible says, ask. If you ask and don't receive, it's because you've asked amiss, so what do you do? you got to straighten out your asker. Right? And you get that straight, then you'll begin to receive and have everything that God intended for you to have. Everything. So, I'm going to read to you a very popular story. Everybody knows about it. And like I said, it's a lot of verses of Scripture. But I believe I'm going to read this passage and then I have a very short passage compared to this one, and I'll end with these two passages. But I'm going to start in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament in the 13th chapter, and the first verse I'm going to start. And there's several things that you have to see for this story to fit into what we're talking about today. What are we talking about? Having a grateful and a thankful heart and life But I ask you the question, from what vantage point are you looking at life? From a negative perspective, from a positive perspective? 
What, what, is, where, what direction, what, what is your vantage point? Where are, you, where are you looking? And so I want to look at this, I want to read through this, and help you to see how important it is, how important it was back here for the children of Israel. This is the children of Israel, you know, ready to go into the promised land, and God tells Moses to send the 12 spies to go spy out the land, right? And uh, there's something that 10 of them missed, two of them got it, and 10 of them missed, but I'm telling you today, not a one of us in this house, not one of us need to be one of the 10. And if you've got some, some of the 10's characteristics and things like some of the 10, we see, we see a little bit of what characterized and, and what defined the 10, and if you got some of that stuff, well, today's the, the first day of the rest of your life to get rid of that. Amen? See, we live on this side of the cross. They were on that side of the cross. We're on this side of the cross. And before we screw up or any, any issues we have in our life, we're already forgiven. But whether things work for you and I in our life depends on what we do with what we hear and receive. So I'm giving you some thoughts and ideas about how to have a, a better perception and perspective of life, not from a negative end, but from a positive end. Amen? Verse 1, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. So before they go even spy out the land, it's already theirs. So you're engrafted children of Israel, and I'm telling you today, God's given you the land. He's given you any and everything in your life that he created you to have, he's already given it to you. It's already yours. You say, well, you know, I'm lacking peace. He's already given it to you. Well, you know, I'm lacking finance. He's already given it to you. He's already made the way for you. You have to learn how to find your way connected to the things of God. But see, here's a land they're going to go spy out, watch, that he's already given to them. Well, why the heck? Would they have to go and spy the land out if he's already given it to them? See, that's what a lot of people want. Well, you know, I just roll it into God's hands. He's already done it all. Yeah? But he knew there were some enemies in the land, and they had to be prepared to deal with the enemy. Yeah. Amen? And he said, uh, well, he said from each tribe, of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. <clears throat> We're going to skip way down to verse 17, because they talk about all that, that God wanted Moses to do with the children and, and all that. And then down in verse 17, then it says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and he said to them, Go up this way into the south, and go up to the mountains, and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. He's telling them what to go and spy out. Okay? And that's all they need to do is what he told them to do. Sound familiar? Sound kind of like a story in the beginning? Huh? Everything's yours. Just don't mess with the tree. So he's telling them how to go what direction, what to do when you get there. 
whether the people who dwell in the land are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So he gives them the instruction about what to do. So, verse 26, here they are coming back. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. You know, some historians say that that <laughs> the the, the grapes were bigger than basketballs, like they were like this, a grape. And they brought them in and had to carry, I mean, just think of one little cluster. Hmm? Whole family could eat a grape. Right? So, he says, they, they, they came back <clears throat> um, and they brought back word to them and all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. Notice that they they made point of the fact that they showed him the fruit. Look at this stuff. Then they told him and said, "We we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Notice them going to some of the places that they weren't told to go. To go see things that that's not really what God wanted them necessarily to see. Right? Then Caleb quieted the people after whatever representative told them all these really great things. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. So what we get is we get an observation from a negative perspective and then we get an observation from a positive. Right? Watch. He said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight compared to them, And we were in their sight. So, because of being moved by what they saw, remember, God 
sent them to spy out the land that he had already given them. See, you and I live in a world and a life that God has already given to us. Why? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness, but he's given authority on this earth that's his. Everybody say, the, the earth is the Lord's. I mean, he, he, he's, he takes very serious what goes on on this planet. Very serious. He's very ser- serious about the system that is controlled by the devil that's ruling on planet earth right now. He takes that very serious. But he's given us this land. He gave you and I authority to operate here. But I think because of the vantage point that people have about life and the things that they see with their eyes, they hear with their ears, because of the way most people view things, they don't believe that. Oh, okay, the Scripture says that, and okay, yeah, but, you know, what does that mean? Uh, He didn't stutter. He said he gave you and I authority in the earth. He's given us authority in the earth in every single way. And the, 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 the issue is, you can't live here like you're an angel. You can't live here like you're invisible. You can't live here like everything is spiritual and I don't have to deal with the natural. You got to deal with the natural with the spiritual. And these ten were moved by what they saw and how big the giants were. And they even, I mean, from, from the time they left Moses to go to the, to the land of Canaan, and till they got back, you can imagine how they were meditating and probably talking among themselves about how big those giants were. And, man, I mean, I felt like I was, I felt like I was a little grasshopper in their, in their presence. And I know that they saw us as grasshoppers. Really? How the heck do you know what they thought? No, they just imagined that. Because they got so into the negative realm. Their perception about how negative and how bad everything was. They they were so connected to that. That they couldn't see what God had promised them. Now listen to me when I say this. Joshua and Caleb had spent all this time in the wilderness ready to lead this people into the promised land and there's only one reason that they were qualified to do it only one reason because they had spent their lives meditating on the promises of God no other reason no other reason Caleb's trying to quiet him down no, we can take this. We can do this. We can absolutely overcome this situation. There's nothing we can't do. Why? Because of his grateful, thankful heart of how awesome God is, and no matter what they face, he will cause me to overcome. But thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. How often? How often? Always. No matter what. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what... The perception of life is all about. Now, what's going on out there? If I develop, 
And I spend my time, like the person I was talking to this week, that was listening to the news all the time. I mean, all the time. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I mean, the lie out there is, man, you got to know what's going on from a bunch of liars. Huh? I mean, you get to the place where, who do you trust? I don't care if they're a Democrat or Republican. Who do you trust? Huh? You trust him, and it empowers you to believe the best in people instead of picking and choosing who you're going to irate and speak ugly against and come against in your life. Because you're talking bad about people that were created in the image of God. I don't care what they've done on this planet. I don't care what they're doing today. Did you hear what I said? You start speaking against somebody that was created in the image of God, you're sowing some ugly seed that you're going to reap the harvest of. I can guarantee you, you will reap the harvest of that in your life. But a thankful, grateful person who meditates and is so grateful and thankful for how good God is, you don't have to tear other people down to advance your life. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to tear other people down to advance who you are. You are who he made you, and when he's your God, he will lead you in places you never dreamed you could go. Chapter 14 and verse 1. And this is the majority of people today. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and thanked the Lord and gave him praise and glorified his holy name. All the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried and the people wept that night and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Man, they've been crying out for 400 years about how bad everything was. And now, if we could go back to Egypt, to the bondage, where they ate bread and water and they were beaten all the time making bricks... And, and building, you know, massive ed- edifices to, to the glory of Pharaoh or whatever it was. And we want to go back and live in that? Because you saw some guys that looked a little big? No. The reason is you hadn't been meditating on how big God is. His promises reveal His greatness. His promises constantly are revealing to you and I how to overcome every situation of life. Listen listen to me. You know, this isn't rocket science. And this, this isn't really difficult. It just takes consistency. And the consistency has to stay in place until you become more convinced of what you know about Him versus what you see with your eyes. And however long that takes, He's patient. Man, is God patient. Huh? All i got to do is look in the mirror and know that God is patient. Huh? I mean, is God patient or is God patient? Whoa! Is He patient? Hmm? And has great mercy. He, he tells us three times in the scripture in so many words, his mercy is new every day. Why do you, why do you think he has to tell us that so much? Because you forget it. 
And the devil makes sure you forget it. And he makes sure you don't forget what a loser you are. Not when you're connected to him. Not when you know who he is through his promises. And they're real to you and they're a part of you. Nothing can break that. When, when Jesus left here, he proved it. He said, the devil's got nothing in me or on me. Nothing. Nothing. And Jesus did it as a man. He was all God and man. You and I are indirectly connected to God because we are created in His image. But if He did it for us, then we can do it. And we can live all, of our, all the rest of our life removing anything that the devil's got on us by meditating and being grateful and thankful for the promises of God. Can you say amen? If only we died in Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. <laughs> there are probably a lot of vitamins that were in the manna, you know. God probably put a bunch of echinacea in there, you know, and other things, sprinkled it over the top of it. So when they got it every day, that they were building their immune system, they weren't going to die out there. Not, not with God, not when God's providing you with the water and the bread and the manna and everything you need. You're not going to die out there. Oh, we just died in the wilderness. <laughs> ah! Over just seeing some giants in a land that God had given them. Man, those other ten, they had been spending time doing everything else but meditating on the promises. You know what Joshua and Caleb found out? You can meditate on the promises and do everything else too. I mean, you talk about two guys, you talk about Caleb at 85, saying, man, I feel stronger at 85 than I, am, than, than I was at 40 or 45. I'm stronger now than I was back then. Why? Because he meditated on the promises. The Bible says the word of God quickens your mortal body. It quickens you to be able to do things you wouldn't have ever been able to do before. Why would someone, listen, you're going to live in this life, deal with stuff. Everybody's going to have junk to deal with. Why not live on top and have the answers to overcome anything that you face, right? Storms hit the good house and the bad house, but when the good house is founded on the rock and the storms come, what happens? It doesn't fall because it's built on a solid foundation of the Word of God. So just keep doing it every day. Just keep building a foundation in the Word of God every day. Just keep thanking God for how great He is every day as you're reminding Him how great He is every day through the promises of God. Lord, I thank You today that I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. Woo! Father, in the world there's all kinds of things, but greater is He, the Holy Ghost in me, the Anointed One in me. Thank God for the one that is in me, greater is he in me than anything I face in the world. I mean, those are promises of God that you stay busy thanking God for. How can you go wrong? How can you go wrong? You don't go wrong. The Word of God works. All you have to do is put it to work. All you have to do is put it out there. 
you're not the one that brings the manifestation. It's what's in the seed of the word that you're declaring and watering on a day-to-day basis that produces that manifestation. That's why we continue to give thanks. He said, they said, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? What? That our wives and our children should become victims. They're going to come after them and rape our wives and, 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 you know, plunder our goods and our homes and everything. I mean, they're going to take everything we have. So you don't believe what David's saying. Well, David hadn't come yet, sorry. But you're not believing the fact that, well, we'll just talk about David, because they had it in one form or another, that his angels have charge over me to protect me in all, my, all of my ways. Joshua and Caleb knew that because they knew it from other scriptures and other points in scripture. They, they, they protect me and camp around about me, right? <clears throat> they bear me up in their hands lest anything come against me in any way, shape, or form. They knew that, but these guys weren't meditating because, wow, what's spewing out of their mouth? It's all spewing out of their mouth because of their vantage point, how they're observing and viewing life. So, what they do is, so th- those 10, they were listening to CNN or Fox News or any of the rest of them, CBS, NBC, ABC, whatever, maybe internet news. They were listening to news. They're meditating on what they see. They're not taking time to renew their mind with the Word of God, and so these things are spewing. If you're a spewer, replace the spewing with thanking God for His promise. That's how you turn the tables on it. You don't just quit doing it. You're not strong enough to just quit doing it. You turn the tables by how? By replacing what's coming out of your mouth in a negative vein with what the positive is declaring from God's Word out of your mouth. It's changing the direction of your life. It will literally change the direction of your life. And it says, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of whatever his name is, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Well, the answer to that is he delighted in them because he sent them there to spy out a land he'd already given them. So he's saying to them, in essence, God's already given us this. A land which flows with milk and honey, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. Do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. Do not rebel against the Lord, or fear the people of the land. I'm just telling you today, those two statements right there are what Americans have to embrace But Christians who are born again, spirit-filled, 
we must embrace those two statements right there. Do not rebel against the Lord. In other words, don't, be, don't allow yourself daily to be moved by what you see and what you hear versus believing what my promises say, right? He said, only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land. Why, why is he saying that about fearing the people? Because the Bible tells us clearly in a number of different places, people are not the problem. Right? Paul told the church at Ephesus when he talked about spiritual warfare, he said, flesh and blood is not your problem. He said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against what? The devil and his cohorts. The devil is the enemy. The enemy that's the real enemy is the devil. And the third of the angels that got kicked out of heaven that have never multiplied, it's the same third, and they do the same things, and they have from generation to generation. And we're, we, we are on planet Earth to stop them in their tracks. Jesus defeated them. They have no power, no authority. But you and I have to rise up and take the authority that God has given us in the earth and say, no more. No more. No more. Somebody's got to rise up and do it. We have to believe in what we speak and what we pray, we have to believe to the point that we will not allow ourselves to get into the flesh and do things that God's not telling us to do. Anything you do in the flesh has to be directed by the Holy Ghost. One of the worst things you can do, you can hear other people's causes, but to take up a cause that is not your own and is not directed by the Holy Spirit is a waste of time. Now, I, I, there's people with causes that I believe in because the Holy Spirit told me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't go, walk away and say, well, you know, pastor doesn't believe in standing for causes and standing up for this. I stand up for the truth all the time, but not apart from the direction of the Holy Spirit. Even things that I say to people at times. Uh, I had a person this week, another person that I'm talking to and, and that I was talking to, and I, I was in a restaurant, and, and this person, they, they wanted to use a name uh, uh, of a politician. Uh, well, they wanted to use Trump's name. And so when they said Trump, they, they said it like this. And, uh, and, and uh, Trump. And I thought, I looked, I said, what are you doing? Well, I'm just making sure, you know. Making sure of what? Huh? If you like President Trump, like him, and, and don't back down from it in any way, shape, or form. I, I mean, you know, our laws say we're not supposed to, and we don't, we don't preach politics from this pulpit. I never have in 34 years preached politics, one side or the other. We teach you the Word of God, and I instru we instruct you from here. You need to vote and be a part. You need to stand for causes that you believe in because you believe the Word of God, not because you're mad at someone else. And, I, you know, you can, believe, you can agree with me or not agree with me. I'm just telling you, that's what produces results. And listen, listen, is it working out there? Hmm? You, know, you, know what it, you know what the picture is out there? It's like Luke and Darth. Hmm? I mean, in some people's eyes, uh, Luke is Republican and Darth is a Democrat. Hmm? 
and they're fighting tooth and nail. That, that's not God and the devil. Devil's defeated. Huh? Uh, 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 Jesus is Luke, but Luke's already won. Huh? We're, we're not in this battle like that. But when we get in this, when we get in this face-to-face with people, and, and, and you know, the Bible says, you know, do what you need to do to draw from and, and prepare yourself for the day of battle in the natural. But at the end of the day, the battle belongs to God. And what it means by that is it belongs to the realm of the Spirit. Do what you need to do. Do your due diligence. But at the end of the day, we've got to be people that hear the voice of God. You need to be, you need to be a cause starter. I've got a number of causes that are in my heart that I'm beginning to walk out in myself. I'm not hearing anybody else say what I'm saying, thinking or whatever. And I, I'm, I, I'm contemplating, you know, the possibility of like doing a podcast or doing something out there that where, where I'm talking about specific things in a certain way. I mean, it's still, I'm still working on it because I'm hearing from God about how to do that. But I want to, I want to establish a cause and then. I want people to join if that's what they feel like is right, but, but you don't have to join my cause for it to be effective when God's behind it. I'm telling you, that's the truth. And that, this is the truth that the world needs, and especially the church who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and has accepted the fact that they have the understanding in Revelation that will produce the results in the earth because of the authority that we've been given. Can you say amen? Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are your bread. Ha <laughs> Huh? Their protection has departed from them. <laughs> and that's the case if we rise up. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation got so excited, and they had a party and put a ring on Joshua and Caleb's hand. Mm-mm. No, they grabbed the closest stone, started throwing it at him. So, if anybody in here <laughs> doesn't like what I said, and I'm just repeating what they said, what God said to them, and I'm saying... It is so in line with where we're at today. And the congregation got so ticked. And now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. The glory of the Lord came down. Why? Because of two righteous souls that were going to do it the right way. God will move with one. Hmm? All he needs is you. And his glory will fall. And when the glory of God is manifesting and falling... There, there's supernatural things that will happen and take place in ways that we don't, in the natural, there's no way you could figure out. Can you say amen? So, my last passage, I'm just going to read this to you. Philippians 4 and verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so, what we were talking about through that story is how Joshua and Caleb had made their request, they, they begin to declare the way it was going to be based on 
what they knew from God and what God had shown them. And, and when they went into the land, they realized how it was going to be theirs. They could see it, right? Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all of your understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, and I'm going to end with this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, that's not CNN. Whatever things are noble, and I won't say anything else, but you, 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 you fit it in. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, only the Bible. Whatever things are lovely, only the teaching of the Word of God. Whatever things are of good report, that's got to be God's promises. And if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, Make sure you show up to church on Sunday. Yeah, you need to show up to church on Sunday so you can get stuff to meditate on. But he said, these things, you've got to decide within you what is the right things to be listening to, be seeing with your eyes. What comes in your eye gates and your ear gates is what affects the rest of your life. And you've got to decide as I... and. You read this in different translations, it defines this in a, in a lot better way than the New King James does. But just for the sake of time, the noble things, the just things, the pure things, the lovely things, the things that are of good report, if there's any virtue, anything worthy of praise at all, meditate on these things. Allow yourself to spend time on that. And when you spend time on those kinds of things, you prepare yourself to live a life of gratitude and gratefulness in the things of God, you're on the receiving end of all that God has done for you, and you're able to be a blessing to others. That sweet, fragrant aroma begins to ooze out of the pores of your body, of your life, and the things you do and say on a day-to-day basis, and it just affects people. You, You know, you really don't have to force people to get saved. You really don't have to force people into it. You just need to smell good. And they'll be drawn to your smell. What's that, roses? Hmm? And you know when you smell good? When you have an opportunity to be ugly and you choose not to. You have an opportunity to do something in retaliation to some, what someone else has done and you choose not to do that. You start smelling really good. People, after a while, people go, what's up, dude? I mean, What? Why don't, you should have been mad. I used to be. I'm just not anymore. Tell me why. Okay, sit down. Huh? They ask you, now you've got the goods and you're delivering the message. In so many cases, that's not every case, but in so many cases, it's like that if you'll just live the life. That's how we're winning this world. And I'm telling you, this is the greatest day ever in the history of the world to be alive when you know the promises of God. Can you say amen to that? We're grateful, we're thankful, and, and the days ahead, man, what opportunities we have to let people know how great and good God is. Huh? The opportunities we have to sow into other people's lives. Man. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, We invite you to share it with someone in your life. 
We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.